greetings, salutations, felicitations, and other good sort of words that we can throw in. <laughs> it's Chris talking to you from the studios of WFC3. It is Welcome Back to Monkey Business, our podcast, our weekly podcast, to talk about all sorts of things from nerd world news, geek stuff, and convention business. Today, we are going to continue a conversation we started a little while back about tabletop gaming. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, Star Wars, Star Trek, Mystery, Cthulhu, Horror, the whole works. It's all out there. The whole universe. Superheroes. Superheroes. The whole universe you can explore from the comfort of your dining room table and a bunch of friends. Is it true you cannot play tabletop games on the floor? Actually, you know what? You can play tabletop games on the floor. Tabletop is kind of a generalized thing. Like like all all copy machines are Xeroxes and all boxes of Kleenex are, are Kleenex. Kleenex. You know, so, then, so, you know, it, tabletop is kind of just a reference to you don't have to use a computer. Although, in some cases, people have been using computers to keep track of things. And that's something we're going to touch on today, as a matter of fact. Um, how many different games are out there? If you go to any good I game shop, count. you can't count it. I don't think you could count it. There's, there's going to be a, a rule set for pretty much everything. Like D&D itself is now on its fifth edition. Which they don't, they, I don't know. Do they actually call it fifth edition? Yes. I know they did. They mm-hmm. were D and D next for a while, and then they just wanted to be D and D. Now they're kind of embracing the fact that yes, this is fifth edition. Which, it was like D twenty and there was like third edition, three five, uh-huh. fourth edition, which I think we just, don't want to talk about fourth yeah. edition. Fourth edition is that bastard stepchild that we're just going to ignore I, occurred. I don't think I've even opened a book for fourth. I edition. did. What? I, Why? I, well, here's the thing. Okay, and, here, uh, and that's a great question, uh, Billy. Uh, because um, it's as a comic book nerd, mm-hmm. there's like, I was a big fan of Legion of Superheroes, thirtieth okay. century mm-hmm. Superboy and the teenage superheroes, and there was a five. They called it the five years after, mm-hmm. where it, mm-hmm. and it almost isn't even referenced anymore, and that's what it sounds like. I don't even want to acknowledge that this happened in our world. I've got a succinct answer for that, and that succinct answer takes about thirty minutes. No, mm-hmm. um, we don't have time for that. Yeah, we don't. Have, we, Advanced Ed- Dungeons and Dragons was what we now call first edition now, uh, and it evolved over time. They just saw flaws in the rules, and so they would they would kind of fix that, and they would give you something new and something a little more streamlined to make the game easier to play, or to give it more depth and more dynamic. Or to sell more books. No, I think or to sell I was more books. Just about to say well, that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. No, and, and have you seen like, my basement? Yeah, they're they're in the business to make money, so obviously there's going to be to sell more books. Uh, so that's just one of those facts you can just kind of put on the wall and and and, and can sit there quietly. Um, third edition came around and it really opened the door to customization and you building the character that you've always wanted to play. If you have a particular personality and and a certain skill set, third edition gave you all of the tools to really kind of mix and match all of the previous rules to make that one person you've always wanted to be. Uh, that's going to be way too much for him. Mm-hmm. I think so. Now, I don't even know who I want to be in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Always, always leave that wide open. Batman. Uh, Billy, it, it, yeah. Seriously, always be Batman. Um, but fourth edition kind of, for me, it, it, it was a step backwards. It kind of made things homogenized. Also, with the rise of the MMO, the multiplayer, uh, well, what I don't even remember what MMO stands for. That's weird, isn't that? That's weird. But I don't play MMOs. With so like I World don't know. of Warcraft and Rift and City of Heroes and and everything that's come out over the past fifteen years since MMOs became huge. Um, fourth edition really felt to me that it was trying to give you a tabletop version of the online computer experience. So a lot of things are homogenized. Everything's generalized from what used to be. And, it, and then it kind of created 
Oh, thank massively you. Ma- massively multiplayer online. online. Yeah, I just looked it up too. I was waiting. <laughs> every, for as soon as I How as soon as I started struggling, that every single phone popped up. Nope, I saw it out of my peripheral vision. Um, but for me, fourth edition really felt like an MMO on the table, and really, I don't. I didn't want that. If I want to play an MMO, I'll crank up World of Warcraft and I'll go play it on my computer. Diablo. Or Diablo, exactly. If I wanted my tabletop experience, I wanted that depth. I wanted that diversity. I wanted that that ability to customize and do more, break through the rules well, a little bit more. It seemed like when talking with Hunter and whatever who mm-hmm. had the unfortunate experience of actually playing it, and she said she, I believe she said she didn't like it. Yeah, she did. Um, Correct. That all of a sudden, like, all the characters could all open locks, or all the characters could everybody could do the same do thing. the same thing. So yeah. therefore, you don't even have your little specialized characters. Right. And me personally, if I have a skill set that is like someone else's skill set, I don't want to play anymore. Right. Because I'm not unique. And exactly. I, my character likes being unique, and I've had. You will always be unique. <laughs> no, actually, I think I'm Tanya Fabulous. That's not it. Unique. That's right. Let's get it straight. <laughs> Well, then that is a unique name. Oh, thank, it is. Thank you, Susan DeTori, yes. for coining that one. Yeah. We'll never lose that one. Tanya, Fa- oh, Ta- Susan, Tanya Fabulous. Susan oh, okay. coined thank that you, one. Susan. Tanya yep. Fabulous. Right. So, so that's the one thing I didn't mm-hmm. like about that rule mm-hmm. set. And that's one thing I don't like about some of the um, games is like yeah. too many similarities between characters. Yeah, yeah there's too much overlap. You know, it's too much, you know, there's not enough. It's not fun for everybody because if everybody's doing the same thing, well, if somebody gets to the door first. Exactly. The same person's going to do it all the time if they happen to be up in front of the party or whatever. So, you know, I, I agree with you on that, that if you make it to the point where everybody is like a clone, it, it, there's no fun. It's boring. Did you just say we're stormtroopers? No, it's clones. <laughs> it's clones. Oh, clone troopers then. Clone troopers. Clone troopers. There is a Star Wars game. I, I wouldn't mind looking like a clone because man they're pretty buff that's all i gotta say and i'm pretty scrawny so i'm just throwing that out there uh, it, but there's anyway, no words we're gonna circle it we're gonna circle it back around now take the take, take d help us take a moment from the awkward silence so anyway to continue the progression with third edition like i said you really have that first opportunity to kind of cl- customize and then they came out with 3.5 which Ooh. was their update to that so it kind of closed some loopholes it made some rules that were pretty broken a little bit better very broken uh, and then fourth edition came out uh, when fourth edition came out, the regular diehard in the wool gamers were like, "What is this garbage?" Yeah, it was it and, was a bad revolt. And then that led Paizo Publishing to create Pathfinder, which they kind of started nicknaming 3.75 edition. So it was their way of <laughs> taking 3.5 and and streamlining it even more and creating it. And I remember when I first started reading about Pathfinder, the comment that was being made was that for for veteran gamers, they understood the sweet spot was usually started around 8th level for a character and would be up through like 13th, 14th. They wanted to take that sweet spot where you felt like you were really a potent force right from the, the, the go. So just a level 1 character could go out and feel like they could be the hero right off the bat, that they weren't in any real danger or anything. So a lot of things got buffed, a lot of things got uh, boosted. They were more a more of potent force on the table, on, on the map. The problem was is that that sweet spot ripened and then kind of faded around 12th, 13th level. So the really epic, the very powerful characters are so insanely complicated and so insanely powerful that it just, like I actually, for a character that I'm playing right now in a Pathfinder game, it's 12th level, 
and I feel like I need my laptop with me at all times so I can keep track of all of the details on the character sheet. Like one one bit of math becomes this monstrous calculation, and so it can get really the 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 ultimate balancing act kind of fails after a certain Scott period of time. Scott has his laptop with him. Yeah, Scott has his, but Scott also has his laptop because he does a lot of his actual, like, real-life job real, from the gaming table. He <laughs> needs an electronic device. He needs that electronic device coffee. to carry forward. Oh, yeah. No. But yeah, it gets, it, I think they, they kind of overdid it. So they gave you that sweet spot nice and early, but, you know, when the character progresses further on, no. it gets real. I, and that's why I was kind of making just to a comment when we were off-air. Uh, to Brian, because in the previous conversation we were having, he was talking about how his his son. teenage son is now getting into his first game, and he's, they're using Pathfinder. And I think for an early, for, for like a novice, like if we get Billy to the table or if we bring Dan back to the table, uh, I would probably pull out 5th edition uh, and, and avoid Pathfinder because Pathfinder is just so complicated well, tell me time. about it no, creating my character was a nightmare <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm, sure. I'm like, wait a minute it wasn't this complicated when well, i was younger what's going on but that just happens to be what the game master mm-hmm. you should need a bachelor's degree you should right. need a bachelor's degree in mathematics <laughs> to be able to play uh and then it's it really does feel like 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 right now just i've created an analog of of tony stark and iron man so he's really? this guy. His his whole job is to to build things and to create things and to invent things. And we just unveiled the actual the suit itself, and without I, the spinning rims. Without the spinning rims, because we we're we we're, were on a clock really, because we we're getting our butts kicked. Um, but I know what I have to go through now in a combat round. You know, if I'm if I have targets and I know I have these powers, I have this these tools at my disposal, I have these skills, and I can use them all or none or some, and just the. Uh, I know what I'm getting myself into. I did it to myself, so I'm, I shouldn't complain. But I'm just saying, it's it's insane. It really is insane. You feel like you're managing something, and it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Because now I'm going like, oh god, a combat round's going to take an hour. And and that's the one downfall of like the newer editions mm-hmm. with all the the feats and the skills and the the trappings and everything that your character can have yeah it, it, plus the amount of people around the table mm-hmm. what would be would be a four combat round encounter lasts two hours yeah and that, in real time and in the last right. time we talked about gaming billy you had said how long does it take you know some some instances like some games we may just do an encounter in one night one single mm-hmm. combat encounter with they've got two or three monsters or two or three bad guys, and then there's the party five, you know, as many five to eight. Now, nine. is this all like you roll the dice and yes. the number comes up? The number comes some... up, and based on your skills, your level, your statistics, and everything, it modifies those dice rolls. So it determines whether you've hit the guy, how much damage you've done to the guy, whether you've uh, whether you've protected yourself from that person in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of math. A lot of math going on in this game. Okay. Oh, boy. I at least want to watch. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It leads back to the social aspect, which we can get back into in a moment Mm -hmm. or two. But to finish off the progression, at least for the Dungeons & Dragons sword and sorcery types, um, recently within the past, was it been like a year now? It's a little over a year that 5th edition's been out? I think so. Maybe more? I don't know. Phones? Yeah, here come the phones. (laughs) Send in the phones. Anyway, um, 5th edition has now reared its head and and for me i have not yet played a full-fledged fifth edition game but i have the player's handbook i have the dungeon master's guide things like that i've read through the books it really has it recaptures the original feel of the the advanced Advanced. dungeons and dragons that first edition game the fluff the flavor the way they've kind of structured things it is a 
It's been two years now? 2014. Thank you. And um, it really kind of captures why we got into it, what got our attention, what made it so popular in the first place. It streamlined a lot of things. For a veteran Pathfinder and 3-5 player, I see that my mighty warrior, when he's upper level, is going to swing his sword and hit for bam, and there's a number, and that number is not going to be nearly as large as some of the numbers, the asinine numbers that we've come up with. <laughs> Sean. But it's still going to be a potent hit, you know, and, and, and it's easier to come up with that. They've really done a lot to try and give you that, that spine, that, that, thing you can, that foundation you can build the adventure on without it becoming overwhelming. So I think that's why, I mean, I caught my teeth on back on those red books, on mm-hmm. the, the, basic the basic in... And that's what we did to, when we introduced Tyler to the game. We mm-hmm. introduced him in basic because it is overwhelming with all the rules and the system and things like that. Right. And, um, and, and when we introduced, my first character was a fighter. So mm-hmm. it at least gave me the little nuances of the game before I got into casting the spells of the wizard or the cleric and mm-hmm. things like that. So. That's the one yeah, thing. I was I was the opposite. First character I ever had created was a was a wizard. Yes. And you know from there. And a very high level one too, because you got dumped right into one, it. But it was a high level campaign. I kind of got yeah. plopped into. So. Yeah, that was brutal. I knew you were overwhelmed from the word go. I felt bad. <laughs> but the I cut my teeth on the second on second edition. Yep. That's and that, that's like my I, go-to. you know I I found that I liked the thief, the rogue, the bard, that, and the fighter. Those were the ones that. I cut my teeth on, and to this day, I prefer to play mm-hmm. because I think you can be a bit more creative with them without mm-hmm. losing your mind, too much math, too much thinking. You're, you have the ability to think on the fly with those characters, and I, that's what I liked about second edition. I don't mind third edition too much. Um, didn't play fourth, and I haven't you know, even seen fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I ag- agree. It's like... Being able to understand and do the attack round that, like, 3-5 is, like, when once you've got your attack bonus being God knows what, that you have to remember how many attacks that you get around. And then right. if you're hasted, then you get an extra one and things like that. I get lost. My ETD kicks in, and <laughs> I totally get lost. And Just say, let me roll I... the dice and tell me if I hit or not. Right. Exactly. For me, simpler is better. Yeah. Because yes. I don't have the, you know, I don't want to have to sit there, okay, this is the second round, my fourth what did I do? attack, you know, mm-hmm. wait, you know, I don't want to think that much doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think enough at work and in real life. When I come to do this, yeah. I want, I want Check to keep it simple, stupid. Well, Just and that's why I think, that's why I think we're the one thing that third and Pathfinder, third edition Pathfinder, and I think even fifth edition, I haven't gotten too far into it, but I think fifth edition still kind of preserves it, is that customization that I was referring to previously. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can have the people who, and it fits play styles. You can have a character like my, my buddy Scott is great at what's called min maxing. It's making your character the most efficient damage dealing or focused thing. He's great at focusing at one thing and doing that one thing really well, if it's damage or whatever. I'm a jack of all trades character. My, my characters typically will always have the ability to do a little bit of something so I can support the rest of the party. I may not be the best damage dealer. I may not be the most powerful spellcaster. I may not be the best healer. But I can do a little bit of just about every... All of my characters will always kind of wander in that direction, no matter how much, how different the character class is from the guy I played previously or whatnot. But that's the way I like to play. I like to be able to step back and kind of 
support everybody. Scott likes to be able to focus on one thing. Evan likes to find ways to kind of manipulate the system so that he can benefit. He likes to manipulate. He likes to manipulate the system so that he can benefit and and make the best contribution to the party. He um, stresses the rules as far as they everybody's can yeah. Reach the blah blah blah. Well, yeah, there, nah. that, there's the thing, but you know, we can we can talk about the nuances of the player <laughs> another time. But I, I like the rules. They give you the opportunity to say, "I want to be this person." And Great. and then here's how you create that personality. How's here you create that skill set? Here's how you create your niche in in how the adventure fits together. Oh, and do you not have that power? Oh, here's a whole list of magic items that you can find along the way, or you know, to to kind of balance those little pieces out. So you know, oh man, I've got the Howie Mandel arm thing working today. So. <laughs> It's your Italian side. It's the Italian side. I talk with my hands even when I'm on the radio. Isn't that great? Um, so, but you know, and I think that's one of the main things that's always kept me playing the game for since like 18, it's almost 30 years. I've been playing this game now. And you had uh, to do math. I, I well, I was an English major in college. Roll with it. And <laughs> and you know, the thing that's always kept me into it is what kind of you know, what kind of personality can I create? What kind of adventure can I get myself? What kind of misadventure can I get myself into? So, uh, How much um, trouble can we find? Oh, yeah. we usually can find a lot within the first couple minutes of yeah. the campaign. Billy. A, a question about how you learn the rules, remember mm-hmm. the rules, know what you're doing at all points. And maybe this is a question for Deanna because I know that, like me, she's a baseball fan. There you now, go. Now, is this like, say, Susan, a few, my wife Susan a few years ago, didn't know a ball from a strike, from a no-hitter, from anything. And over the course of time, she's from watching, she's learned a lot of the little nuances of the game. Just from And she's really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So is Dungeons & Dragons and all the other games, is learning those rules similar to just sort of absorbing rules of baseball which i've been watching since i was a kid and just sort of know it instinctively what's going on that's actually a hell of an analogy i was just going to say it's a great analogy billy and and that's true you know i'm a you know i'm a sportsman football baseball nascar hockey i've never read rule books i've never read how to i've just learned by watching there are rule books that you can go to to check for those sports to, to get the details and the nuances. But most people learn by watching. D&D is kind of the same way. You learn by watching. You learn by saying, okay, this character does that. Why? There's a book. Oh, this is how, how they can do that. This is why they can do that. So it's, it's definitely definitely a parallel to any, any kind of sporting event or anything in general. You know, a lot of learn by watching. That's sometimes the best way to learn things. And, and are you allowed to ask your fellow players, what do I do now? What does this mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and you, you can just say, okay, out of character, can somebody explain this to me? Okay, are, are, is everybody like on the same team? You've talked about supporting the team, or are mm-hmm. you fighting each other for Dungeons and Dragons and yes. supremacy? <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. The answer, exactly. Brian, go ahead. It, it, it depends. I mean, you can have campaigns uh, where, yes, everybody is on, on the up and up. Everybody is is working towards the same goal, and everybody knows that. Uh, or you can have, I mean, e- even in that situation, you may have players who decide in their own mind that they're going to be pretending to be on the up and up and actually be working against you. It, it can go Sunday's any number campaign. of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Brian is a wrestling fan, someone turns heel on you. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the classic the, the classic way of trying to they portray it, and they talk about it often in the original books, is you know you want to portray yourself. You're the hero. You're the hero of the story. So you're you want the guy. To win. You you want to go out. You want to beat the monsters and and save take people the and leave. take the treasure and leave and go Survive. and move on. Uh, but then you know, as different personalities have gotten involved in the game, then pers- different things have transpired. You have folks who are perfectly willing to be all on the same side. You have folks who want to play the bad guys. You have po- folks who want to play the bad guys amidst the good guys. It, it can get real complicated, but it's also it, it adds to the fun. I think it adds to the entertainment it, value. It, it definitely right. adds to the social value that Sybil likes to watch mm-hmm. because she'll probably uh-huh. just sit there watch the interactions between the actual people playing the characters. Mm-hmm. And then I I always have to take a step back and remember that this is just a game. Yeah. Don't let my personal feelings right get involved because there's times I get very ticked off during and, and that's the a game. fun part of the game which is why that's why kind of going back to what we were talking about with the the complexity of sometimes you want uh more than just spending an hour or two in in a battle you want to be able to have those little nuances going on you want to be able to get through to me the, uh, the battling a monster or or whatever is is a fun part of the game don't mm-hmm. get me wrong but what's more fun is the actual role-playing and the interaction Right. Uh, between the players. And if you get bogged down in the fact that there's all these numbers and trying to figure out what's happening in the battle, it takes away from what I feel is the most fun part of the game. And, and it's, it's really great when you have characters of different alignments. You know, if you're a cat, a good character, and there are, you know, neutral good or lawful good or lawful evil, you know, if there's different character alignments, it makes it very interesting trying to maneuver not only through the battles but through role playing mm-hmm. because you you take on that persona while you're sitting at that table um, of you know you're you're a sheriff and you have to uphold the law but one of your best buds you know is you know the town thief right and and we're touching on um, Billy we're touching for the beginner in the house. Uh, alignment is is a social component of, of character creation. There's nine different ones, and it, it's basically kind of give you a loose guideline of of how your character looks at the world. Anywhere from, you know, lawful good, you're a priest, you're you know the holy warrior, you're all the way down to what's called chaotic evil, which is just a guy who wants to see the world burn. You know, it's, and and so when you have these alignments out there, it kind of gives you that component of saying my character looks at the world this way. And that's the one thing I have a really hard time playing an evil type character because mm-hmm. my just personal outlook is not like that. So I have a really hard time getting to it. I've played one evil character. Um, it was a like thief assassin, and I still ended up doing some good things in the party because it would help me out. Mm-hmm. Type thing like bartering for the lives of a couple of mm-hmm. their characters when I had a chance to just take take them out and take their stuff and leave. But I needed them in order to survive. Yeah. So. Well, you know, we all, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, we all have that that need to be something different sometimes. So there's those of us who want to be the hero and then those of us who don't. And they want to just have some fun. Uh, or at, the at, one that doesn't want to be the diplomat and gets it anyway. Yeah, or doesn't want to be the diplomat and suddenly is <laughs> brokering peace treaties. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's see. Now we have, we've talked D&D. You know, and is there anything else? Oh, there is just tons of them out there. As we were saying before, you know, any genre is going to have something out there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've played Star Wars mm-hmm. role playing. Uh, that's, yep. that's, that's interesting. That's fun. That that other than D and D, I would say that Star Wars is like my favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah, same here. That's you know, we played we played one one time. It was like was it Deadlands or something? I the did Wild like, West one. I did like Deadlands, except for then like 
Cthulhu came into it and things yeah, and like that. that. <laughs> it, it just it get that get, Lovecraftian horror doesn't yeah, it doesn't make no. you feel all all kitty gritty. No, like, gotcha. Lovey dovey, yeah. Yeah, no. lovey dovey. No, that, I, I think I've played a version of vampire, but not knowing the rule set and the game master didn't really kind of mm-hmm. share stuff. Like our friend Sean was able to figure stuff out really quickly because mm-hmm. his mind works that way. But I'm just like. I need a little more guidance. It's kind of like Billy. It's like, I need a little more, where do I go? What do I do? Well, for, you know, for, so for the home audience, basically, if you've never been in uh, on a game before and you're curious about it, I I would strongly suggest if you want to go D&D, pull, pull a fifth edition book off the shelf. It's the newest, it's the latest and greatest. They're, that's the one they're pitching the most. I think it's red and black. It's, it's mainly red and black in terms of its cover colors. Uh, but also, in my personal opinion, having just kind of gone into it as casually as I have, but being a veteran gamer myself, I think it really has a lot to offer in terms of the feel, uh, the flavor, the color of it. Um, and the, the rules are a lot easier to kind of take in and un- understand them a lot better than if you were to build a uh, into a more complicated game like Pathfinder or a third, 3.5 edition D&D. Uh, I think a better chance to to kind of understand where you're going from the drop of a hat, under you know to feel like you're going to appreciate and you'll be more effective right off the bat. I think fifth edition is going to give you that for a beginning player. That's you know, there you go. I threw my two cents in like I'm some sort of an expert. <laughs> well, thirty plus years of playing, I think you would be kind of considered yeah, an expert. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's you know it's funny at least in this room. At least in this room, yeah. Yeah, but it, I've run I only into, have twenty plus years. I've run into kids who've who've been playing. Three five for six years, and they know more about the rules than I do because they really dug into the books. They they read the blah blah blahs, and mm-hmm. they've they've read the details and they've read the nuances. And so they're like, "No, you can't do that. Here's here's why on this page and this page." Uh, what do you mean you staring, can't be a wizard running around in armor with a yeah, sword? I'm, I'm staring at them like, really? <laughs> did, did you just do that? Really? Wow, that you outnerded me. That's amazing. So and um, to not tie, hard to do. No, uh, stop. And to tie it back in, <laughs> we doing on time. Uh, we got, we've been doing this about 26 minutes. 26? Right yeah. You know, 26. Ah. Oh, um, God. <laughs> that's a good place. 42. That's a good place. Yeah, well, that's that's another discussion oh. for another day. Um, so we're going to go ahead. We'll start working on wrapping this one up. And, and as always, as we say at the end of every uh, podcast episode, uh, if you have questions, if you have statements or things that you want to add to the conversation, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook or our YouTube channel, and uh, and we'll be happy to address them. Oh, and if there is anyone out in our FC3 world mm-hmm. that would like to be a DM or help us out on the convention yep. weekend, we're, we're g- always looking for uh, volunteers. Volunteers, for- or if, or if you're looking for a game, we could probably help hook you up with somebody who's who's running one right now. So you know, so drop we'll, us a message. Exactly, we'd love to hear from you. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I know, Bill, you're you're itching. There you go. You're itching for that. I love that. Start talking. All right. This has been Monkey Business, a Mighty Monkey production. Mighty Monkey Productions of Rochester, New York. Creators and presenters of the Flower City Comic Con. Presenting their second show, May 20th and 21st of 2017 at the Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash FC3ROC. 